Blog Talk Radio. You boys better hold on because I'm going to have to stand on it. history. There is no greater tradition than the Daytona 500. And this February 18th, there is no greater place to be as the Great American Race celebrates its 60th running. Last year sold out, so there is no greater time than now to guarantee your seats. Join us for the history-making 60th running of the Daytona 500. Sunday, February 18th. Guarantee your seats at 1-800-PIT-SHOP or Daytona500.com. Good Tuesday afternoon from Dega Nation. I'm Tim Despain alongside of SpeedwayDigest.com's Mr. Stephen Wilson. Stephen, how you doing tonight, bud? Well, it's raining up here. It's cold up here. But in the day, I'm not going to have to worry about this because I'm going to be southbound and down to Daytona. Amen, brother. Stephen, let's go ahead and bring Reverend Joe on and let uh, and let Reverend bless the show, and we'll, we will get going. Uh, Reverend Joe, how you doing tonight, bud? I'm doing okay. The sun's shining, and it's a little cool, but I think it's seven, uh, 66 out. It's a terrible thing. 
Well, Stephen was just saying that it was it was cold and rainy up there, just right outside of Richmond. I heard that, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> Betty's up in Washington, getting ready to come home tomorrow, and she said she thought she saw the sun today for a few minutes. So I don't know. <laughs> yes, sir. Amen, Reverend. Amen, Reverend. <laughs> so shall we get this thing rolling? Yes, sir. Crank it up, Reverend. Uh, Lord, we come before you tonight. We ask you to protect all of our racers all over the country and all over the world. We thank you for last weekend's races at most of the tracks in Florida, that everything went off well and we had no injuries. And we appreciate that very much because we know it's a dangerous sport. We ask you please to bless our country, plus our president, plus all the leaders. Help them to do the right thing and make the right decisions. Be with all of us as we trudge our way and race our way through this life. Help us to make the right decisions and to always follow you. And we thank you for all that in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen, Reverend Joe. And I will apologize again. I don't have all the, all of our other stuff we had up on the studio. i got to get on that. But <laughs> Great invocation. <laughs> great invocation, brother. And uh, let everybody know if they can follow you and on social media and your website. Follow me on Facebook at Rev Joe at Facebook. And uh, you can catch up with me at uh, AOL on AOL at J. I'm sorry. On track with Jesus at AOL.com or on track with Jesus.org is our website. And you can always call me at 951 232 7630. Reverend Joe, thank you very much. And uh, you stay warm out there in uh, California because I know it's it's called the Sunshine State. Y'all got it. And you said you hated rain. So. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, yes. Miss Betty flies home tomorrow. She was up in Washington with her mom. And uh, I haven't seen her in, I don't know, 14 days. And it seems like 97. So, anyway, um, she'll keep me warm. Yes, sir, she will. And again, Reverend Joe, thank you very much. And tell Miss Betty we said hello. I'm pretty sure she is listening. And we will talk to you next Tuesday night. All righty. God bless you guys. God bless you too, Reverend. We'll see you, my friend. All right. All right, Stephen, that was Reverend Joe. He's been our Reverend now for, I guess, three years or something like that. But uh, we've got a big show tonight. The number to call in is uh, 215-383-3681. I'm Tim Spain alongside SpeedwayDigest.com, Stephen Wilson. Uh, Suzanne's managing the phone line. It's going to be a busy night. We've got the owner of uh, BK Racing coming on here just shortly at a quarter after the hour, and we've got a lot of stuff to talk about the past weekend. Uh, the Arca Racing Series with Lucas Oil 200 was at Daytona. Uh, we had qualifying. Alex Bowman sitting on the pole. And, Stephen, just to let you know, uh, that was my pole pick in the new fantasy league. Uh-oh. You better watch out. You, you're already starting off pretty well in this deal. Uh, I don't even remember who I picked for the poll. Um, I have to even go back and look. I, I, I think I picked somebody like Brad Kozlowski, who's uh, you know, obviously been pretty quick on the, the shooter plate. Uh, uh, 
I'm pretty sure that's who I picked, but I can't be for sure. I have to go look it back up again. Well, that's a good pick, Steve. I mean, you know, I had texted you and told you I hadn't even picked my whole fantasy league yet. And uh, I got up, I I told Suzanne, I said, I got to go in there and pick everything before everything gets gets going. And I, I just had a had a feeling Alex was going to sit on the post, so I picked him. And, which you're right, uh, the uh, two and the 22, and now you got to add the 12 to the Penske stable there. Uh, they're going to be strong. They've always been strong at super speedways, you know, Brad has won, I don't know how many races here at Talladega Super Speedway, and uh, Blaney were, has always run good with the Wood Brothers. Now he's with Roger, and the 22 always runs good, and, you know, they're all three forwards. So, I mean, you can't go wrong picking either either one of them for the pole either, I don't think, Steve. No, I mean, you really can't at all, just considering the fact of how good that they have been, how good Ford has been with those – engines that they're putting together. Um, on these on these restricted play tracks, um, when you look at some of these uh, over some of these Fords over the last couple of years, uh, you know, restricted play racing uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. who won twice last year on restricted plays by himself. Joe Logano started the year off last year as a um, as a class winner. Kurt Bush won the Daytona five hundred last year on a restricted plate. Brad Keselowski has one on a restricted play. Um, I mean, it, it's like they have this locked up when they get there. So, it's uh, you know, I had to make a tough decision between multiple different drivers out there. And uh, like I said, I think I ended up at the end of the day with Brad Keselowski. And Stephen, talking about the restricted plate tracks, uh, I noticed it was before the class practice, or it might have been, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, NASCAR was monitoring everybody. Uh, some of them was running the 360 gear, and some was running the 350 gear. And NASCAR mandated that they that they all went with the 350. Am I correct, Stephen, or was it the 360? I honestly don't even remember um, uh, what they ended okay. up with. I remember Larry Mack talking about you know doing his deal there on the on the stops. But I knew that, you know they were they were watching that close. And again, Stephen, uh, just to sort of let our listeners know. <laughs> Uh, Chevrolet come come with that new Camaro this year, uh, and it and the way they have NASCAR, we don't have a we don't have a ride height through this year on the super speedways. And you could tell during practice and qualifying that uh, they had everything sunk on sunk sunk down, buddy. They had it stuck to the shag carpet. And uh, how does you know to, to sort of let some of our listeners know, Stephen, let them know how that 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 affects the affects the arrow of the car because with you putting that putting your ass in down on the shag carpet, uh, there's not much air on that real sport. Stephen, are you with me, brother? Yeah, I'm here. I keep putting you on mute, and I keep forgetting about it because it's sitting behind everything else. So, <laughs> forgive me on that one. Um, the the rye height rule this year, uh, with with basically as, as it stated, there is the rye height rule when it comes to restricted plate. And the premise behind this mostly is to seal off as much air travel going underneath that car as possible because. The more that it can sink down straight to the straight to the pavement, 
And seal off that air over the front bumper area. It will reduce the drag on the car overall. And that's what these teams are looking to do is to reduce any kind of air travel or drag underneath the car, as well as to keep as much air and as much pressure outside of the cockpit of the car, too. Because again, what this does is it creates drag and it creates uh, uh, it creates the drag on the car, which slows the car down. And, and these teams are doing anything and everything they can when they get to a place like this to eke out just a little bit, even if that's just, you know, that extra tenth or extra half tenth or even whatever they got to get out of it. Um, it. It's so imperative that they do this now, is, even though that I'm not really a fan of it. Um, you know, the teams are a fan of it because they get to reduce some of the drag on the car, which, you know, also at the same time, less drag on the car increases your mileage and fuel range too. So some of that comes into it. There's a lot of things playing into it at the end of the day. Um, I'm not a fan of it. I think these cars need to be off the ground a little bit, um, you know, just shoving them all the way down and the uh, front bumper and the side skirts riding the surface as it was, um, you know, it, it really, at the end of the day, we need some drag on these cars to to um, put the downforce on the rear. If you're just tuning in, uh, Stephen Wilson and I, we were talking about the new ride height through NASCAR has implemented at Daytona and here at Talladega. And, uh, Stephen, if you've noticed, uh, like you mentioned, it sort of took the air off the rear spoiler. And like you said, it, it squatted them down on the shag carpet right down on it could. And it seems like it's bringing handling back on your super speedways. Whereas there at Daytona and here at Talladega, you know, you used to top in the car and hold it and hold it wide open. But the new aero package also, it seems like it's got a faster closing rate. If you've noticed some of the practices and the class that we watched Sunday, it seems like the closing rate was a lot faster. And do you think that it's, that the that NASCAR is trying to put it back in the driver's hands as far as the super speedways, as far as just getting in and going through four gears and riding? I don't think it's just NASCAR just trying to do it after restricted plate super speedways in general. I think it's just them overall looking for a way to potentially get some of this back to the driver itself. Because in the last couple of years, there's been very limited driver interaction into these cars and how much they can move around, do things within the car. Um, and handling-wise, uh, I mean, you just have to go back and you look at they've cut the rear spoiler down twice in about three years or so. They reduced hundreds of pounds of downforce off the rear of these cars, um, not just at super speedways, but at, you know, your mile-and-a-half tracks also, which can become fairly aero-dependent. This past weekend, at least in the class, a lot of drivers were, were, were saying that there was some fairly loose conditions in the car, but you had some more drive in the car at the same time. So, you know, it's one of these things where it's, uh, it's a trade-off by the fact that, you know, they're, they're trying to put some of this back into the driver's hands uh, where they've kind of been lost for the last couple of years. It's all been mechanical. It's all been changes in wedge and uh, tires and, you know, anything that they can do within the boundary of the rules. But now it's kind of getting back into the driver's hands just a little bit. And I think that's ultimately where they're trying to get at with this not just this package that they're going to run at Daytona and Talladega, but also packages they're going to run at mile and a half racetracks too. Yeah. 
And to let everybody know, the number to call in is 215-383-3681. I'm Tim Despain, alongside SpeedwayDigest.com, Stephen Wilson, and we have got the guest of the hour, owner of BK Racing, my good friend, Mr. Ron Devine. Let's bring him into the pit stop with Tim Despain and Stephen Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Let's get ready to rumble! Ron, how you doing tonight, my friend? I'm good, Tim. How's it going? I'm I'm doing good. We got some warm weather here in Talladega, and Stephen said it's a it's cold and rainy up there, just right outside of Richmond. But other than that, everything's going good. Did you have a good well, Christmas and everything? I hadn't I hadn't talked to you since I think last year. You know what? Uh, it it was great. It was great having the family all together, and uh, you know it's just a wonderful family time. And uh, it was a nice break and. You know, still the off season. We're still trying to figure out how to get through the off season. I don't think we've conquered that, but uh, um, no, it was wonderful to be with the family. Thanks for asking. You're welcome. And I hope and I hope yours was well too. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Everything everything went. Which you know, I had a little a little medical deal going on, so I've been out of work for a while. But I've been back to work now for about a month. So I'll go ahead and tell it on on air. I had a I had a hip I had a hip replacement uh, October 31st, but everything's going good, Ron. Well, that's good. I, I'm I'm glad. I know a lot of people that do that. You know, they, I guess the pain gets so bad you just do anything, and then finally once they have it done, it takes the pain away, and you're back at it. So I had a couple of buddies that play golf with hip replacements, and uh, you know, I think uh, what they can do with the medical stuff these days is just amazing. And so, congratulations. I hope it went well for you. Thank you, Ron. And Ron, I know your time is limited. I just got just a couple of questions. I'm going to throw it over to uh, to uh, Stephen. Uh, as far as, as 2017 last year, you know, you had multiple drivers. You had Corey LaJoy, Joey Gase, Brett Moffitt, Greg Allen, just to mention some of them. And this year you signed Gray, uh, at least for the Daytona 500. Is your plans for the 23 car, does it consist of multiple drivers, or would you like to get Gray or somebody and stick with just that one driver? Well, we'd love to stick with him. You know, we, we create so many opportunities for so many drivers. I mean, to see Alex Bowman doing what he's doing kind of touches me because, you know, we we kind of discovered him and put him in our his first ride. And, uh, you know, they've reached out and thanked us for that. And Matt Benedetto was another one. And we just don't seem to be able to retain them very well because they get, they get plucked by these other guys. But, uh, you know, we're, we're working on that. I haven't done a good job of protecting us when somebody comes in. Corey LaJoy is another example. I mean, I like Corey a lot. We got a lot of money tied up in him, and I think he's got a lot of potential. I think he's a you know great driver and a wonderful young man, and you know I um, I think we're pretty good as far as us, but you know as far as our relationship goes. But you know to see him over on another team and you know our sponsors, it just it just shows you we've got to get our platform better, and that's uh, and that's what we're working on. It's not easy. We're getting getting beat up here a little bit, but uh, but we're getting there. 
And uh, and so I don't know to answer your question more specifically. I don't know whether it'll be. I'd love for it to be just one driver. I'd love for it to be gray for the season. But the economics are such that you know we're going to have to do what we got to do to uh, to get through the season. And um, and we'll see where all that goes. And to bring up one more point, Ron, uh, I was fortunate enough to interview uh, Jeffrey Earnhardt for the local FM station here there here in Talladega when you had him in the '83 starter car. You also had had him, you know. He signed a deal with uh, Starcom Racing. Uh, he, he's going to run the 500 to keep the Earnhardt name there. You know, you got Jeffrey Earnhardt there also, which I know you and him are really, really tight. And you also got, other than the 23 car, you got the 83 car. And plus, like you had talked previous last year on our show, you still got the 93 car that's sitting also. Is your plan to maybe go a little further? We actually are a four-car team. We have 23, 26, 83, and 93. You know, and our aspirations were to grow and develop and, you know, get them chartered up and do all that stuff. It's just it's a very difficult business. And like I said, we've got to get our platform better to be able to perform. All right. We've got to get, you know, some place where, you know, it all comes together. The car, the chassis, the build, the motor, all that stuff. It's hard. It's hard to pull it together. But, you know, that, that's what has to happen, including the drivers and, and all that. So I think. You know, this year, probably smaller might be better for us, especially as we're working through these, you know, rather choppy times and difficult stuff. So, you know, I just, you know, I would love to have, and I got them all registered again. I put them, I, you know, I got, I got the numbers trademarked. I got all that going on. But we just don't have the, you know, we just don't have the infrastructure right now. We really don't have the platform to race like we should. I also want to take one second, and I, I just want to tell you that, you know, I, I've, it, it's easy to be grateful to people, you know, but I am so proud of the work that under Ryan Dubois, we call him Frenchie, has done with BK Racing to get us through this winter. And those employees that have, you know, late on the ground and some of them volunteering their time because we've had to drag and do all this other stuff, you know, to be able to get our cars and stuff in a position to be able to race in Daytona this year is especially touching. This year, I'll remember this off season uh, forever. This has been very difficult on those guys. It's not fair to them what they're having to listen to and go through. They know better. They know us better. They know what's going on inside. There's a lot of outside nasty people you know, picking on this company, and uh, for our employees, I am, uh, that's the biggest thing to me is to watch the, the damage that it does to them. It, you know, some of them have run on, but many of them have stuck around and are trying to make something out of this, and uh, and we also had to change, so we had to make, so we had to let some of them go and make some changes, because we, we weren't getting quite the performance, and that's always hard, but the, for the ones that we want to stick it out with that have stuck with us, I'm so grateful, and I just want to make sure you know, publicly they get recognized for, for how hard they, you know, they deserve better and for how hard they've had to go through what they've had to go through to fix this. Okay? Yes, sir. Amen, Ron. And my final question before we hand you over to Stephen, just to touch a little bit about what you just brought up about going through the tough times over the winter time. Uh, the uh, Lynch Racing Company, uh, I got the PR, Stephen and I both got it. Uh, they acquired Anthony Marlowe's share of BK Racing. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how that deal went down with the Lynch Racing Company, uh, the sport, the vision so sport? They, you, you know, so you you probably need to reach out to them a little more because, you know, Anthony made it very publicly known that he was trying to move his 10%. They spent, I think, a year or so trying to put that deal together. 
And in the end, uh, he acquired the 10% of Anthony Marlowe, and I think they had some aspirations to maybe do more. And uh, and we'll see where that leads us into the future. I mean, they've they've been working on some stuff too and trying to put things together. But you know, we like those guys. They're good people. You know, Michael Smith is the is the, their you know representative, and um, Ron K. I call him. I is, can't say his last name, but those two guys have uh, you know been to the shop a number of times, and uh, and you know we're excited. You know, Anthony was just busy doing a lot of other things. His business. You know, he had sold and bought back, and he's doing a lot of other things. So, you know, I think it just worked out for him to, you know, to sideline racing. I think he still loves to race. I think he still wants to be involved in a in a different way. And so we'll see how all that shakes out. I, I'm not as close to that transaction. I just know that I had one 10% partner one day and another one the next, and these guys seem like they they know sports and they're, you know, active in a lot of areas, a lot of different sports and uh, and so we were, were we are we were and we are very excited to have them be part of BK Racing. Ron, I'm gonna hand you over, Stephen. Thank you very much for taking time to call in. Okay, and y'all bye. be safe. Y'all be safe in Daytona, Bud. And Susanna and I, we will see you in Hotland. Thanks, Ron. Okay. All right. See you in Atlanta. Thanks. Tim. All right. Ron, appreciate you taking the time to come on here tonight. My first question is about the Daytona 500 qualifying that you guys put together. You only won, ran one lap into that. Um, but, you know, had I'm, I'm sorry, you, you didn't run qualifying there because you had only run one lap of practice, and the car had failed uh, qual, uh, uh, the new template system out there. Can you talk just a little bit about your decision not to go out there and run qualifying and potentially try and start higher in the duels for Thursday? Right. So, so again, getting back to what these employees have done, so there's a lot of misconception and misreporting going on. We actually made it through every station out there except the motor, okay? And um, so when it came down to putting the car on the track to run a qualifying lap, I don't think we would have set it on the pole, okay? And then we couldn't get through the engine piece. So we've been having a – to say we were having some issues with our motor supplier is such an understatement, but – we managed to get through the Hawkeye. The car is ready to go. It was presented, and it's uh, it's been approved through all the other stations, and it came down to basically the motor. And hopefully we'll have that worked out before we get there Wednesday – excuse me, uh, Thursday, so that we can uh, run it in the duels. That's what we're focused on right now. Um, NASCAR was great to work with and very accommodating. It's a shame that we didn't – you know, we were the only car that didn't get through it. And I'm telling you, you know, it's, it's a tough system to get through, so I'm – I really think it speaks volumes to the effort that these teams had to put in, all the teams had to put in for this winter uh, to be able to, to, to get through tech. It's, a, it's new to all of us, and we're learning it. And, uh, you know, I think we did a really good job of that. It's a shame that we got hung up with this motor issue. Um, but, you know, the employees, again, really rallied and, and, and came through and did a nice job with it. Was there something in specific in the motor that NASCAR either didn't like or wasn't approved into that? And what do you guys plan on doing about it before Thursday? Are you looking at changing your motor or motor supplier, or has this issue been resolved already uh, prior to dole on Thursday? So I think all that's on the table. Well, right now, like I said, we're trying to figure out what the smartest, best you know, course of action is at this point. You know, the, and again, you got a lot of people with a lot of opinions screaming a lot of different things. But in the end, we got to come up with a solution that gets the car on the track with a motor that can run at this level, 
and you know be compliant with all the stuff that it has to be compliant with. So we're you know we're focused on that and we're uh, and we're trying to move forward. And I think uh, you know I'm confident and optimistic that we will come up with something. We'll either get this one going or else we'll have to um, have to change and do something else. Looking at, looking beyond the goals on, on Thursday, you guys are going to start last, and your grade is going to start last in that. But looking beyond that to the Daytona 500, how much are you guys setting your sights on the Daytona 500 and making preparations to run the full race? Well, you know, I've never been a starting park car. You know, to see some of the stuff flying around about starting park, that just, you know, amazes me. Uh, we've never done that. In seven years of history, and, you know, we ran four cars in the Daytona 500 a couple years ago. And so we're, we're a race team. We want to race. We went there to race, and we're ready to race. We're going to race. And, by the way, if there's ever, uh, you know, one race that you can start last in and not worry about it, it's the, uh, it's the duels for sure, and even the 500. It's a plate race, and, you know, our cars are good in the wind tunnel, and, you know, we feel like we can hang there with the pack and then be in a position to have a great finish and, and you never know in the plate races. So, you know, I, I, we're not concerned about where we start. Um, but, you know, yes, you do have to go through a certain amount of things to make the field and do all that. And we've got to make sure we do that. Okay. And that's what we're, that's what we're focused on. Looking at the number 23 for the remainder of the season, the, the car is, is chartered in. So no matter where you go beyond Daytona, uh, and through the rest of 2018, the car is going to be able to make it into the event. What do you guys look forward to or trying to look forward to over the next couple of coming weeks and when we get to Atlanta, go out to the West Coast? Um, and just what are your plans moving forward into those events as of right now? Um, I know that Tim had asked about potentially another driver being in the car, you maybe having Bray throughout the remaining of the season or for the bulk of the season. Um, just where are you at at this point in making preparations beyond Daytona for that 23 car? And do you have any do you have anybody in specific that you might have in mind aside from Gray that may be in this car? Well, let me let me first say that you know Gray is now going into his second year. He's another year older, and he's got a lot more experience. And he was pretty good when he was out there. You know, he he actually did a nice job with us with the car. He wasn't. You know, he didn't tear it up like everybody thought he was going to, and he was fast. He's, you know, he's a good shoe. He's got his, you know, he's got a pretty good head on his shoulders and, you know, quickly in certain situations. You know, uh, I think from a sponsorship perspective, you know, they love working with him. Um, I like him. You know, he's a, he's a wonderful young man. He really is. And, you know, the idea of getting all the economics together to keep him in a car is something that we're hopeful and working on. And, uh, you know, we've had a pretty good relationship in the past, and then it's, you know, had some, you know, issues along the way. But in general, I think we're, you know, you can see that we're back together and we're doing our thing. Um, What else did you ask me about? Oh, uh, you know, the 23 car is locked in by VIA's charter that it's guaranteed to get into any event beyond Daytona, you know, you guys are going to go to Atlanta, and then it's, you know, out to the West Coast for the swing before they come back to Martinsville and some shorter tracks in the schedule. Looking beyond, like I said, Daytona, and looking at that charter in specific, what what exactly are you guys preparing to do to get out to these events right at this time? And, and you know, Gray, as far as, for an example that you've already said, um, is there anybody else that you think may be in the car? 
Oh, I see. Well, um, first off, charter, not charter. I mean, that, that's, that's something you guys keep talking about. I mean, it's, you know, we want to race. You know, the 83 car was the number one non-chartered car last year. Okay? We raced it. We raced it in just about every race. And if we're going to put something on the track, we want to race it, we want to race it hard. It doesn't matter whether it's chartered, unchartered, you know, whether Tim's driving it or whether Steve's driving it or whether Greg Galding is driving it. We we want to go out there and race and perform, okay? I happen to think Gray is a wonderful young man with a great career ahead of him. You know, he's accomplished so much in this sport at such a young age and, and come up so quick. And, you know, on – that I think he's got a bright future ahead of him, and we want to be a part of that if we can. I also will tell you that BK Racing, you know, has got to decide whether it's going to focus on a smaller, more successful, or if it's going to continue to spread out. I mean, we run four cars that stretched us pretty thin. You know, three cars felt pretty comfortable for a year, and then we did two last year pretty well, and, you know, but we still didn't get the results we're looking for. So we're going to try to stay focused and put all of our energy into one, whether it's chartered, open, or whatever you want to call it, but put our energies into that one, and then when it feels right, you know, put that second one out there, or when we have some sponsorship things we have to be able to do, then uh, then that might drive that car to the track as well, but, you know, more of a focused effort to try to improve our performance. That's what we're looking at this year, in all angles, car, chassis, motor, driver, you know, management, et cetera. That's what we're trying to do. So my final question to you is, and then uh, we'll let you get out of here, is that where do you guys feel that you have to be right now for the rest of the Say that again. Um, I couldn't hear you. I I said, where do you guys, this is my final question for you, um, where do you guys at BK Racing, you you talked just a little bit about having to lay some some of your staff off, as you know, and that's potentially a downsize the company to some degree. But where do you guys feel that you need to be over the next, over the rest of the remaining of the year in that number 23 car, or as BK Racing in general, where do you feel that you need to be in, um, through not only staffing, but, you know, suppliers and, you know, just increasing your performance out there? Like, what steps do you feel that you need to take to, get BK Racing back on the right track as far as, you know, bringing the, the employees back or potentially putting a second car on the track? So so the employee thing is a mixed bag because some of it was the unnecessary change and some of it was just, you know, the ability to get through the winter. You know, I've, I've said a number of times, we're just not good at getting through the winter. We haven't figured that out yet. Um, you know, I just don't know how to do it. I mean, we try, we've tried everything to get through it, and we always do get, you know, we show up, but it's usually ugly, and this year it was particularly ugly. You know, I think we have to fight off the people that are attacking us. There's a lot of that. You know, it's, it's easy to pick on somebody when they're, you know, going through change or down on their luck or whatever those words are. You know, this misconception about our suppliers and vendors and all this, you know, that you hear and so much about, I'm just exhausted from it. I, I kind of started ignoring it. You know, I know my relationship with our suppliers. You know, it's pretty good. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate what they do, and I think they appreciate what we do. And I, I think that there's a lot of just noise that goes on around this team because, you know, we have just enough bad news to make everything sound like it makes sense. But, you know, to me it's, it's much to do about nothing. And, you know, if something falls apart, we'll fix it. You know, and uh, 
Now we do have a few things going on that are un, very uncomfortable that are we're having to address in a, in a big picture way, and and we have a couple people that are trying to take advantage of you know our weakness, and uh, you know we're going to fight them off at the same time we're trying to improve and build our. Let me tell you something: we go out there and win the Daytona 500, we the world changes for us. In sport, you have to perform, and when you're successful on the on the in the events that you're doing, then everything falls in line. When you're last. Nothing good happens. And, you know, we spend all this money in seven years of our lives, and we've, we have not been able to get our on-track performance up, and our off-track image is awful. And, you know, it's unfortunate because there's a lot of really good people, you know, that are working really hard, myself included, by the way, to make this thing work. You know, I love this sport. I'm committed to it. And I think it's got a great, bright future ahead of it. And I just and we want to be a part of that so bad, but we we also have to be able to perform and and be competitive. And um, you know, what's really happened other than a bunch of noise? You know, they want to they want to keep throwing stuff at it. We'll do what we got to do to protect ourselves. Be sure of that. And you know, I think I told you before. I'll see you in Homestead. And then in Homestead, I said I'll see you in Daytona. Well, I'll, uh, we're there. And. You know, show up, and I'll talk to you, Steve, and I'll tell you I'll see you in Homestead again. We'll see. Right, it'll well, it'll stop uh, when we start having some success. I'll, I know, I'll shut up. I know that was a little long-winded uh, answer to your question, but I'm sure that's what you were driving at, and I'm pretty sure, you know, I'm pretty sure with this group of guys we've got going now, including Gray coming back and more experience and some other things like that, if we can get our car and motor and all that stuff put together, we'll be on our way. Well, Ron, I appreciate you taking the time to come on here and uh, answer some questions for us to put some of this to bed um, for, I'm sure, lots of people that are listening in right now as to, you know, what you guys have going on, what you have going on um, at Daytona, and what you're going to be doing for the rest of the season out here. Uh, Before we let you go, as always, we're going to give you the opportunity to let everybody know how they can follow your team, um, your sponsors, your driver, and anybody else on social media. Thank anybody that you haven't thanked already. And mm-hmm. I appreciate you taking the time to come on here. We will see you in Daytona in just a few days. Okay. Well, you know, the first it starts with thanking the employees for what they've done to get us here. I, I can't think of the words to really express the gratitude. I mean, I am, I am. They have my heart. And I'm trying so hard to, you know, make it worth their while and and make a platform that they can be confident in and run off of. I also want to thank Earthwater, our sponsor, for signing up. There were some announcements today about that. Um, I disclosed to him all the good, the bad, the ugly, and, you know, he's standing right next to us, and that's a real, you know, know, testimony to the character of that group. I mean, we've gotten to be very close to them over the last year, and, uh, you know, Cash Riley and Buddy Barnes down there running that company, or, you know, along with CJ, they're doing a great job. It's a great product. That Earthwater is available through Amazon Prime, and they're on their way. They're, uh, you know, they're a private company right now, but they're heading in the right direction. They have great sales and a great product line, you know, from uh, vitamins and and flavored waters all the way to that that water that we chase, which really rehydrates you. That's the black water, and it's uh, it's called Fulham, and it's it's a wonderful product. So we're excited about that. We're working with Dr. You know, Dr. Pepper just got acquired or merged or something like that. So, you know, that was my number one sponsor. And so we're we're hopeful that they'll be back with us. They're going through some stuff of their own over there. Um, we we were 
excited to have Schluter last year, and unfortunately they've run on with Corey. They fall in love with the drivers, and then the driver left, so they chased him over to the 72 team. You know, we'll see where that goes out. But we've, we've had good sponsors. I mean, I we're still talking to Sweet Frog and those guys, and, um, you know, I feel good about that. I actually I think we over-deliver. We give them a bang for their buck, and that's what keeps them hanging in there, putting up with all the noise they have to listen to. Um, so I appreciate that. I also want to thank NASCAR. They, uh, you know, they they rolled up their sleeves and stood right next to us too. And uh, I think they're, you know, they've been at this for many, many years, and they're good at it. And uh, I think they're, you know, they want us to be successful and they want us to be a part of the sport. And they've and they're trying to accommodate us to, you know, to be able to do that. So, you know, and I do thank our suppliers in closing. I'll say this, you know, they. Some of them we've had to drag along. We've asked them to have some patience with us. Uh, we get everybody paid a little late, some sometimes here and there, but we we manage to keep up with it and you know backfill when we when we can. And um, so I thank them as well. So we're very grateful for everybody that's that's helping us along. I actually want to be better and nicer to the to the good people that are making things happen and and create the problem for the bad ones. There's a lot of bad people out there that are trying to take advantage of a situation for their own gain, and that's a shame. I hope that stops soon. I'm not structured that way. I don't do that, and I'm not used to people thinking like that, and I think the sooner they stop, the better, and uh, it'd be better for everybody. So I appreciate you, you know, calling and having some interest in it. us. I hope it was worth it for you, and... Uh, you know, call any time, and me and my drivers and company will be available to you guys. Uh, you know, we know you, you have a job to do, too, and, you know, we want we want good reporting out there with the facts and some stuff like that. So, you know, we wish you the best, too. Did you hang up? <laughs> oh, no, I, I, I'm i here. Um, I appreciate that. Thank you oh, a lot. You know, for, you know, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I do appreciate you coming on here. And, uh, you know, best of luck throughout the rest of Speed Weeks. Okay, Steve. We look forward to seeing you at the races. All right, buddy? Uh, you all right, take, take care. care. You and Tim be well. Thanks, Ron. And, hey, Ron. Yeah, man. Ron. Uh, yeah. Can you, ship, can you ship me back some of them Martinsville hot dogs they're going to have at Daytona this week? <laughs> <laughs> no. I'll, I'll, freeze dry, I'll freeze dry a few and send them to him. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Steven's going. Okay. I, I just want to go Amazon. Only, ex- only available through Amazon Prime and buy a case of Earth Water. It's pretty inexpensive. <laughs> it's delicious. It'll hydrate you. You'll never go back to regular water again. So, All, all right, right. Ron. We'll let you get out of here, brother. Thanks, man. All Y'all right. be careful. In It'll help wash down those hot dogs. I'll see you later. All right. See Bye. you, bro. Bye-bye. Bye. That Ron Devine. I'm telling you, Stephen. No matter how bad it gets, he is always a positive thinker, positive everything. I mean, and the way he talked, you know, he 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 felt so bad that he had to let some of his staff go and all that. But I mean, you know, BK Racing, uh, they're doing all. They're, Ron's doing all he can do. I know, and you know, just like he said, there's a lot of bad, bad stuff out there that uh, that, you know, just sort of sinks to once. <laughs> Like the old saying is, uh, like I was always told, uh, Tim, sometimes when you're down, people want to just keep on kicking you. And I, basically, that's what I think Ron was talking about, Steve. Yeah, I mean, he touched on a lot of different subjects tonight about what's, you know, what's going on with them and how they're trying to rebound from some of this that's been 
obviously in the news all off season. A lot of people, as you said, didn't think that he could make it there to Daytona this week. Well, he's in Daytona, and it sounds like that he's making preparations to go to Atlanta and the West Coast, a West Coast swing that we have just after Atlanta and come back and, you know, keep ticking along uh, just little by little and, uh, you know, trying to improve out there by, you know, doing various different things through, um, you know, working with suppliers and working with others within the sport, potentially getting the one team that he has to a competitive level and then moving on from there, such as rebuilding and bringing a second car back out, getting some more employees, and uh, getting back to where they were at one time. Yeah, and also just to throw this out there, uh, uh, I have a meeting scheduled with Ron when I get to Atlanta. I don't know exactly what time he's going to text me. He's, me and him going to sit down and talk about some stuff. I don't know if he's going to – I'm hoping he's going to let the kid out of the bag, Stephen, and uh, I can maybe get you some information, and maybe we can break it first. But uh, – Undap, you know something might be going, but 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 anyway, uh, a long story short, uh, Stephen, let's take a little quick. Well, we're coming up here on top of the hour. We don't really have time to take a break. Uh, Stephen, do you have the schedule up? I've been sitting here trying to read other stuff, press releases, and I brought up that deal about the hot dog. That's that's pretty neat. Martinsville's going to sell their that famous hot dog. I I want I want to tell the story, which I know we ain't got long, but I want to. I was telling some guys at work today about uh, the Martinsville hot dog. Uh, we were in Martinsville. Oh, how long ago was it? Was it three? I think it was about three years about ago. Three years ago, yeah. Yeah, three three years ago. Suzanne and I made that trek from Talladega to Martinsville, Virginia. And let me tell you, that is a long, long ride. But I was telling some guys at work today. Uh, I said this Martinsville hot dog. Now, I mean, it is. There's something about it. I don't know if it's something about being like when you was in high school eating a hot dog at a football game or whatever. But I said. We were sitting in the press box, Suzanne and I, and Stephen's wife, Anne Marie. Stephen said, he said, uh, I'm going to get up and run and get me a Martinsville hot dog. Would you all like to have one? And I said, well, that, well Stephen, they fish and serve lunch here in, in the press box. That's back when Mike Smith was PR director at uh, Martinsville. The, that has been a little while. And uh, Stephen said, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run down and get me a Martinsville hot dog. And I said, well, Stephen, bring me one back. I had never had one. He said, I got it. I said, I'll pay you. No, I got it. I said, okay. And Stephen just stayed gone. We all asked, where in the world is he at, Amory? Well, to tell our listeners, Stephen Wilson comes back with, I don't know if it was a uh, big 10-gallon bag slapped full of Martinful hot dogs. And I said, Stephen, what in the world are you going to do with all them hot dogs? He said, I'm going to take some of them home. But I'm going to tell you, see, that, that's the best hot dog I have ever eaten. I still want one right now. <laughs> Uh-oh, Suzanne's done chimed in. <laughs> Those things were awesome. My goodness. They I, were I delicious. Tried, I, I tried to tell y'all that, and they're only $2. See, that's the thing. You can get them either, you know, nothing on them, you know, naked. By, uh, you can get it all the way. You can get it with just chili. Um, but you got to have when you go to Martinsville a $2 hot dog. I mean, it's the cheapest thing that you're ever going to buy on, on any menu at any NASCAR racetrack <laughs> that you ever go to. And you can't just eat one of them. You might as well get a bag full, get a half a dozen or a dozen, you know, whatever you got, and sit there and eat them because they, they're so small and they could slip right on down that you can eat three or four of them before you even know that you didn't, you've even started eating because uh, 
they're just that good sometimes. And yeah, so they are going to bring them to Daytona. They are going to fill them there in the concession stands, and they still are only going to be two dollars in the concession stands down at Daytona. So, Stephen, so do you want me oh. to enter you into the Nathan's hot dog eating competition <laughs> this year? Probably. No, 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 no I, I, I don't um, because I can't eat. I don't, you know, Nathan hot dogs are okay, but uh, I don't think they have a hot dog eating contest for the Martinsville hot dog other than unofficially in the garage with, you know, who's eating how many, but uh, if Martinsville wants to, I think that they could probably put together some sort of hot dog eating contest on, on their race weekends to find out how many hot dogs somebody could actually eat. Stephen, I think me and you just hit on something. We need to talk with Clay Campbell and put on a Martinsville hot dog eating contest. That would be, yeah. a, I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, it's like, hold on, it's, it's just like, here, boom, like breaking news. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, uh, yeah. I think, I think, you know, I think that'd be good for them. I think they need to set up a table, you know, on uh, Sunday morning and have themselves a hot dog eating contest down there in, in the fairway, um, where everybody can come and watch and put them up on stage and uh, just put a whole mess of uh, hot dogs up there and just let them have at it. That's awesome. I mean, and you know if. If Martinville Speedway and Clay Campbell and them don't have time, maybe I can talk to Russell Branham here at Talladega. Maybe Clay can ship some hot dogs here, and we could do something for the big one on the boulevard in October when y'all come down or something like that. <laughs> that is true. If, if they can't do it up at Martinsville, tell them to send you some. That That's going to be one of the contests on the big one on the boulevard and how many somebody can eat. That's what we need to do. And then once I, you know, once I talk to Russell and get everything done, and once Clay sends all the hot dogs down, I just say, Clay, put that on Russell's tab. Russell's paying for them. <laughs> yeah, he can, <laughs> he, he can pay for them. That's right. All right, Stephen, we're coming up here on top of the hour. Uh, do you have the schedule pulled up? I know we got the we got the Twins coming up Thursday. Yeah. We got the truck race. Friday night. I don't have everything pulled up, but if you want to let everybody know what I was going on this weekend at the World Center of Speed uh, down there in Daytona International Speedway. Well, there's a whole lot of stuff going on at Daytona this weekend, um, and we're going to run four days straight of racing down there. Um, starting on Thursday. Thursday, we have the duel at Daytona. I've set the final field and the final grid for the Sunday's Daytona 500. Um, Alex Bowman already sitting on the pole. Denny Hamlin sitting on the outside pole. Each and we will start on the pole in their respective races out there. Uh, we'll set the field, as I said, for, uh, for the remaining um, drivers from 3 through 40 that are going to be entered into this weekend. The first Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series uh, Duel at Daytona will start at 7 p.m. Thursday night. Uh, there will be 60 laps, 150 miles of competition in that one to be immediately followed for the second duel at Daytona. Alex Bone is starting on the pole for duel one, Denny Hamlin on the pole for duel two. Then on, excuse me, then on then on Friday, we've got NASCAR Cape World Truck Series qualifying at 4.30 p.m. The 7.30, Next Era Energy Resources, 250, 100 laps, 250 miles for, to kick the NASCAR Cape World Truck Series off. Uh, that will be on FS1, by the way. Then on 
Saturday. We've got NASCAR uh, Xfinity Series uh, qualifying at 9.35 a.m. in the morning. Um, Power Shares QQQ 300, 2.30 p.m., 120 laps, 300 miles for those guys. And to cap off, Speed Weeks in Daytona, the 60th running of the Daytona 500 on Sunday at 2.30 p.m., 200 laps, 500 miles of competition out there. As I said, Denny Hamlin, I mean, sorry, Alex Bowman and Denny Hamlin will lead the field to green. Steven? We're back. We got racing. Finally, we got racing. We got rid of, which I know you and I both love college football. Suzanne does too, and I enjoyed watching it, but I'm glad we got some racing back, bro. Yes, it is good time. All is right in the world again. Exactly. And I know, Stephen, you're you're heading down to Daytona Thursday, early a.m. Uh, you be careful. Uh just want to let everybody know uh, next Tuesday night, we have president of Atlanta Motor Speedway, Mr. Ed Clark, is going to join us at uh, 7.15 Eastern and talk about the uh, after the daytime 500, the Foles of Honor Quick Trip 500 weekend there and at, at Atlanta Motor Speedway, which Suzanne and I will be attending. And, Stephen, let everybody know if they can follow you at on social media and all your website stuff. Well, we're going to be in Daytona all weekend long. You can follow along at Speedway Digest on Twitter, Facebook.com forward slash Speedway Digest, and SpeedwayDigest.com. Brett Winningham, Nick Olson, Matthew Jackson, and everybody else will be uh, hanging out, also um, putting some content together, getting it up on the website throughout the remainder of Speed Weeks. Um, so make sure that you follow each of them and we'll watch for all the news coming out of Daytona this weekend. Stephen, safe travels, my friend. Uh, I'm jealous that you're going, but be careful going down until a.m. And the boys, we said hello, and uh, we'll talk to you next Tuesday night uh, live from Talladega. I'm Tim Spain, alongside SpeedwayDigest.com's Mr. Stephen Wilson. Stephen, thank you very much, my friend. I want to thank Ron Devine for everything he's done and for him calling in and all that. Uh, we'll talk to you next Tuesday, Stephen. Y'all be safe, my friend. Thanks. Take care. You too, bud. Reggae, baby.
walks over, drops a 20 in the jar. She smiles and shakes it at me. Yeah, she gets some gone. She gets some playing. A little. Don't worry, be happy. And In racing, there is no greater feeling. There is no greater history. There is no greater tradition than the Daytona 500. And this February 18th, there is no greater place to be as the Great American Race celebrates its 60th running. Last year sold out, so there is no greater time than now to guarantee your seats. Join us for the history-making 60th running of the Daytona 500. Sunday, February 18th. Guarantee your seats at 1-800-PIT-SHOP or Daytona500.com. These are the sounds of NASCAR at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Drivers, start your engine! Green, green, green. What a perfect day for racing. Hello, hello. Catch the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500, the Renai 250, and the Active Pet Control 200 benefiting Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. Ignite all your senses, February 24th and 25th. Sunday tickets start at just $39, and kids' tickets are only $10. Visit AtlantaMotorSpeedway.com. Drivers, start your engine! NASCAR Speed to Las Vegas for the Pennzoil 400 presented by Jiffy Lube and a triple header showdown. Green flag wave, so we're underway. Tickets are going fast. fast. Keselowski uses the high line. Great seats starting at 59 bucks and kids pay just $10. Four wide, getting in to turn three. Call 800-644-4444 or select your seats at LVMS.com. Truex will get the edge. Plan now for the NASCAR triple header. Triple header. March 2nd through 4th at Las Vegas Motor 